Praise God. Well, I appreciate everything that has been said and done here tonight. We appreciate the praise and the worship. And um, I would like to give the bishop and Mother Wright honor tonight, especially just even in their absence. And we appreciate the great leadership that is on this platform and many that are out there and uh, men that I consider friends on this platform. And then, of course, Pastor David Wright, his wife, and their four awesome kids. We appreciate them. And then Brother Joel Wright, his wife and their family, and appreciate the connection. You have the greatest of the great leadership in this place, and so I honor them tonight. And I give honor to Brother Hemus tonight. And after, after 15 years of missionary work, thank God he can go to heaven as of tonight. And we need, we need to get the certificates dated. There's no dates on them. So, well, we need a, we need a start date so heaven can go back and figure out what they owe you when you get there. There will be a reward. Amen. I appreciate having him in the house tonight. And I appreciate... Yeah, go ahead. I appreciate my friend, Brother Morgan, and their family has been through a lot. And the Lord gave me some things this afternoon sitting in the Philadelphia airport that hopefully helped them, but it helped me because that's my friend. And uh, I believe the Lord knows exactly what he's doing. And he don't have any problem working this for our good at all. Amen. And uh, Pastor David Wright said it. God is not surprised by anything. And uh, last night, when I was kind of getting things in order to come, this was last minute, and I was just kind of organizing things and moving things around, I, I lie not to you. The Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, Tell Antioch, nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises me. And that's what he just said. God is never, I know that sounds simple, but sometimes we think that when we or the church have been through adversity or seasons where it seems like we are giving it everything that we possibly can, 
and the dividends and the results are not, they're not coming. And so we start blaming ourselves. And if that doesn't work, we'll blame other people. And then if we run out of people to blame, we'll start blaming him and what's going on, God. And we may not say it in those words, but there is something subconsciously that holds back from God and says, God, I'm not doing anything else until you turn this thing loose. And so nothing surprises God. God has been with Antioch these last 45 years. There's never been a single day that he has not been with Antioch. There's never been a single day where God was befuddled, disturbed, frustrated, aggravated at this church not one single time and he knows exactly how to do things when to do them and he knows how to do them now i can tell you just as sure as i was standing here just a few minutes ago it was like that back wall opened up and i just saw a a wind blow into this place and the lord said the last month or two, I have been taking Antioch through a transition. And I am now completing the transition. The season is not changing. It is changed. What I noticed, what I noticed about uh, that wind, I saw it come in just a, like a light billowing haze, just like a, a thin cloud. Every time I felt like another thrust of wind hit that cloud or that haze, it just, I just saw it just kind of roll in here like this and it came in waves. And I watched this service tonight and this church knows how to worship God. Y'all know how to flow in the spirit. And he said it tonight. If, he was preaching, y'all probably just blow the top off and let it go and, and whatever. And I don't mind that happening either. Um, but what I, what I noticed was there was a moment in this service where it, it, it went quickly up to a place in the spirit. You felt the intensity and power of God moved in here. And so people took off running and you heard the noise level of the praise and worship go up. And then it just kind of tapered back down. And I want to remind you of something. The moving of the Spirit does not control the praise. The moving of the Spirit does not precede praise. Praise precedes the moving of the Spirit. God does not just arbitrarily decide that He's just going to pow, hit that service and move something in. It happens through the praise and the worship. That makes every single one of us thermostats here tonight. We set the temperature. We're going to decide how far God goes tonight. He's not going to go further than your praise and your worship and your faith. If we just knew how much power we had with God tonight to release something in this place that would cure cancer and heal sickness and heal disease and put homes back together and bless and cause prosperity to come. I wish I had somebody that believed me right now. 
We've got the power right now in this place to set the tone, to let heaven know, to let God know. We understand that your eyes are turned toward this place. And we're going to praise you, Lord. You're high lifted up and your train fills the temple. Is there anybody that just wants to take a moment or two or three and praise God and magnify the Lord like you feel like praising Him? Anybody want to rejoice? Anybody want to run? Anybody want to dance? Anybody want to shout? Anybody want to clap your hands? Anybody want to magnify Him in this place tonight? We've got time for this. Come on, let's go ahead and let heaven know this is what we're after. This is what we're hungry for. This is where we're headed in the spirit. This is not where we were two months ago. We're in a new season. We're in a new place. I want somebody to just walk in authority and power in the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to let your faith rise. Uh, I want you to let the Lord know uh, I'm ready, God, for the miraculous. Uh, I'm ready for the supernatural. I'm ready for a releasing uh, of apostolic power and authority like we haven't seen in years. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. on us all right we're going to hit this ceiling here in a little bit and then in a minute the, the ceiling is going to break and something's going to move in this place angels are going to move in this place i know they're here already but there's a new company of angels that's going to come in this place and minister when they were in one mind and one accord and one place if god can get everybody focused on what he wants to do he'll do it he'll do it the Holy Ghost is going to wait just a moment here. He's trying to get some people focused. You can decide this is going to be just another Sunday night. Or you can say something unprecedented is going to happen here in this building that's going to transfer into Thursday night and next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next month and the next month and the next month and the next year. Come on, Antioch. Come on, Antioch. I've come to challenge you here tonight. You've got the right evangelist. Brother Morgan is here in the will of God. I've not come to be the evangelist, but I am come to challenge you in the Holy Ghost here tonight. And I'm telling you that something unprecedented is getting ready to happen at Antioch. The Apostolic Church. Come on, I'll deliver what the Lord told me to deliver here in just a moment. But we need to get some things straight right now. We're not backing up. We're not going to... We're not going to be intimidated by hell's assault. We've got dominion. We've got authority. We're over that. That season is past. We have the victory in the name of Jesus. We have authority. We have power. That's it. Come on. Here it comes again. Here it comes again. Somebody needs to obey God right now. 
Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to wait just a couple more minutes here. Some of you are staring off into space. He's waiting on everybody to get plugged in. If you're having trouble tapping into this, why don't you lay your hand on your chest and say, Come on, Jesus. Help me right now. I want to tap in. I want to plug in. I want to get in the flow. I want to obey God here tonight. I want you to give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. He kotomo seke amayo tolomo seke aha. He no mo seke andabo seke andaba hakatabaha. Husho tomo risataha. He na mo seke ataya. Rubo seke ataye. Sundo mo riki ataye. That's it. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on, daughter of Zion. Come on, man of war. Sila mo kondo mo seke ataya. Come on, we may as well make up in our mind Not tonight, not tomorrow, not next week Hell is never going to push us around again The devil is never going to lie to us again We're not going to believe his report If we're sick, God will heal it If we're afflicted, God will heal it If we're attacked, God will defend us Clap your hands one more time. Come on, one more time and lift your voice. Lift your voice. That's it. Come on. I want you to praise Him like you got victory. Praise Him like you got dominion. Praise Him like you got dominion. Holy Ghost, right now. Come on, something just happened right there. Something just happened right there. In the name of Jesus, ha kotomo seke aha, solomo yeke anaya sataha. Woo! Praise God! That's it. Come on, somebody shout to God. Somebody clap your hands. Woo! Shikataha mo seke anaya seke aha. 
You got a need in your body, you ought to throw your hands up and claim the healing right now. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every disease and every over every sickness and infirmity and affliction and bit of pain in the backs and the joints and the bones and the muscles and the organs. Gross that aren't supposed to be there. Deterioration, affliction in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody claim it. Somebody claim it. Somebody claim it. The centurion said, speak the word only and he shall be healed. Come on, we've spoken the word. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Now, this shouldn't mess you up, but I know sometimes this kind of statement messes people up. I know where I'm at, so this shouldn't mess you all up. But there should never be a time when what's happened here in the last few minutes is not happening in this building. I'm talking about when we have church. Every time we come to the house of the Lord, there should never be a passive, casual, relaxed. Oh, we're here. What else do you want from us? Faith. Faith in action. Faith in action releases the miraculous power of God. And I know you know that. Yesterday, before I read my text, yesterday, this is what the Lord said very specifically to me. He said, I'm about to draw a line at Antioch. There are many who are on a sabbatical that I have not ordained. They have become drifters holding back their gifts, defrauding the church because of conversations they have been privy to, situations they have gone through, or fatigue. And if the disengaged don't re-engage, they will be discharged. Antioch has been carrying a lot of dead weight for a long time. Now, I'm not here to be a gloom and doom and the world's coming to an end. I'm not, it's not what I'm here for. But I am here to remind you of how important that you are. This church is so important to the kingdom. The East Coast, 
probably half of the United States of America is dependent on what happens here at this church. Now, that may seem like a big statement, but it's not. It's not an overstatement. What happens right here is going to determine a lot of what's about to happen in our nation. You know where you are. You know where you're situated. You know what spirits that you'll have to fight and overcome. And I, I know you've got dominion over all kind of things. But dominion is not automatic. It has to continually be exercised. And whether you have a hundred people on Sunday get the Holy Ghost or you have nobody get the Holy Ghost on Sunday, this atmosphere has to be in this building every time that y'all come together. Because the spirit world and the church at large are depending on what's happening in this building. Why don't I feel like everybody believes that? You cannot, you cannot be here and be disengaged. Some of you fell to the back of the line a long time ago because of whatever reason. And the Bible says that judgment begins at the house of God. Now, I, I do feel judgment here tonight, but don't mistake that for wrath. I don't feel the kind of judgment that something horrific is about to happen. I feel like the Lord, the sword of the Lord is in this place. And the Lord is watching Antioch right now. And as he draws this line at Antioch, everything on the right side of the line is going to see things either that you've never seen or things that you haven't seen in many years. If you're on the other side of the line, you're going to be cut off from here. That's, it's not a threat. I'm not trying to bring fear in here or anything like that. I'm not trying to be gloom and doom. That's just what I feel. It feels just like when Moses at Mount Sinai and Joshua in the land of promise drew a line in the sand and said, Choose you this day whom you must serve. So I want to know what choice you're going to make here tonight. Are you going to choose to be a part of unprecedented, unparalleled revival? Are you going to choose to be a backseat and then fall off the backseat, backseat driver and then fall off the backseat? Come on, I'm asking you here tonight. I appreciate the response of some. There's no response from others. This little season, or let me rephrase that. This season that you've crossed over to is not into a a little season. It's not something that you're going to go into for three or four or five weeks while the evangelist is here. And man, that was good. And we had X amount of people get the Holy Ghost. There is something that, that is opened up in this place. Momentum is hard to get when you don't have it. But when you get it, you better defend it with your life. There is a momentum that is coming back to Antioch. There is nothing that hell is going to be able to do to stop. You're the only one that's going to be able to stop it. And if you decide to let it go, it's going to go. 
Hell cannot stop what is about to happen at Antioch. Praise God. Let me let me let me read from the scripture. In Mark chapter 11, verse 11, I apologize. I did not get my verses back there to the people in the media booth. I would love to just give you a sermon and just preach that and say, man, did we have church? But if you'll allow me, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give you what I feel like the Holy Ghost is saying. And I pray that you'll receive it. Mark chapter 11, verse 11. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, now the even tide was come. He went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time and the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. So he came to the temple, he walked in, he looked around, he walked out of the temple, he went to Bethany, he saw leaves on a fig tree. By that time, there should have been indicators that the figs were on the way. There should have been the small knob blossoms, but there was nothing but leaves. I'll tell you what happens next, but I want to jump down to verse 27. They come again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there came to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders, and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? By what authority do you do these things? Who gave you this authority by which you do these things? That was on his third visit to the temple in the 11th chapter of Mark. I am going to give this a title tonight because I want to wrap the thought around something or the word that God's given me around something so you can take it home. And I want to talk to you for a little while from this thought here tonight, as the temple goes, so goes the tree. Now, when I get done here tonight, I will have hopefully done everything that the Holy Ghost told me to do. And it's going to be up to Antioch to receive it. I love this church. You have no idea how much this church... And the leadership of this church mean to me in my life. 
Y'all are in a moment here that must be seized on with 100% in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Thank you for your anointed word. Thank you for every child of God. I pray, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. I pray that you would help us right now to walk in the Holy Ghost, to be in the flow of the Holy Ghost, to do the will of God here tonight. And everybody said in Jesus' name. And you may be seated, and I appreciate your patience. The formation of the house of God that originated with Moses and graduated to the permanent building of the temple under King Solomon was so meticulously designed by the great architecture, architect. He laid everything out exactly the way he wanted it laid out. Everything had to be exactly where God said that it was to be. To get something out of order in the house of the Lord was to pervert the plan and the order of God. There was no such thing as saying, well, I don't, I'm tired of the altar being there. We want to move it over here and we're going to take the labor and move it over here. There was no such thing as changing the colors of the tapestries in the house of the Lord, the decor, the, the metals. There was no such thing as taking the gold on the inside and putting it on the outside and take the bronze or the brass on the outside and putting it on the inside. There was, there was no such thing as rearranging all that. It was perverting the order of God to do that. Somehow, we have come to a place where we think that what happens in the house of the Lord is, is just arbitrary. We just come. We don't pray about what we're going to sing. We just sing what, what comes to mind. Well, we haven't sung this one in a while. Well, if we don't feel like doing this in the service, we just won't do it. If we don't have time for this, we just won't do it. If we feel like doing this, we're going to do it. And beyond that, we have come to a place where we feel somehow that we can come to the house of God with whatever attitude that we want to come with. If we feel like praying, we'll pray. If we're too tired to pray, that's okay and God understands. We'll give what's left over. We'll, we'll pay our tithes and we'll come up and give this, but I really can't afford to give it. So I'm not as cheerful as I was a month ago about giving, but I'm going to do it anyway. And we think that that's okay. But even more delicate, than the physical order of the Old Testament house of the Lord is the spiritual order and flow of the New Testament church. We have God so 
boxed in to the way that that our preconceptions have decided that it should be. Well, you can't do this tonight because this is this is Sunday night. God God only normally does that kind of stuff on Sunday morning. Or he can't do this on Thursday night. We've got to wait for Sunday night for that to happen. We don't we don't spend a lot of time trying to find our place in the house of God, much less the kingdom of God. Somewhere along the way, and I don't mean to be ugly here, but somewhere along the way, we have, we have gotten to the place where we feel like that if we show up, then we get our check mark on the chart, and we were here, and nobody can say we're backslid. But it's very easy to be backslid sitting in the house of the Lord. With your tie looking good and your hair looking good and your outfit all pressed. But can't stand the person across the aisle from you. It has yet to be seen what God will do. Not just that He can do it, but what He will do. When every person in the building says, All right, Lord, I'm going to the house of the Lord tonight. And I am not going to be a spectator. I'm not going to be distracted by their flaws or their imperfections and I'm going to worship whether it's my song or it's not my song. I may not be running the show tonight, but I'm coming to the house of the Lord and I know there's a purpose in the house of the Lord for me. We've got all these gifts. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We've got all these gifts in us. In this building right now is enough giftedness. There's no telling what God could do before we leave here tonight. If God could anoint the gifts of people in this place to release a gift of faith over here and a word of knowledge over here and discerning of spirits over here and the spirit of intercession over here. But see, we think that as long as we're here, that's enough. It was never enough for God in the Old Testament. God determined who went into the house of the Lord. He determined what they wore when they went to the house of the Lord. He determined what they did when they got to the house of the Lord. He determined how they did it and when they did it when they got to the house of the Lord. And under the old covenant, it was, you just didn't do it. You were, it was under penalty of death for you to skip something that God said was supposed to happen at this point in the ceremony. Don't you dare go here before you've gone here. Don't you dare try to eat of that before you've gone by that. Can I, can I just be, can I just be at home here tonight? Y'all know I love you, right? But what would happen if we just open our ears to the leading of the Spirit? 
And let the Lord guide our steps and ordain our steps. The Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Now we, we think that Lord, you're going to order my steps because I'm going on that interview tomorrow. Lord, I know you're going to lead me to the right place and you're going to connect me with the right person. But what if we had that mindset when we came to the house of the Lord? What if we got to the point when we drove in the parking lot? The the power of God was so strong we just took off our shoes because we realized that we were on holy ground and something in us said, God, I am not going to come and play church tonight. I am going to let the Holy Ghost flow through me when I get to the house of the Lord. It was here. It was right here. It was right over there where that slab sits. It was over there that I soiled the carpet with tears. It was over there that God opened up things in me that had been in me somehow all of my life. It was over there that I got woke up at 3.30 in the morning for a flesh check to come down and pray in some crazy meeting called Meet or Manifest where everybody subjects themselves to the torture of the Spirit. But what would have happened if we'd have been having those meetings in every church across America? What would have happened and what could be happening right now if what we learned over there and what we've learned in here and what has been imparted to us in here was released out of us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday of every single week. See, we have these holy convocations. That's what they were called in the Old Testament. I'm all for holy convocations. I call them Thursdays and Sundays. It should not take a meeting or a conference. And I'm not against all that, okay? I'm probably going to be here at call the war. We got to have that. But it shouldn't take that for us to break things in the Spirit. And for us to get in a place in the Holy Ghost where demons fear to tremble. Where did we get the idea that hell has the right to push us around? Where did we get the idea when something goes wrong, we're going to blame it on the devil and then we're going to go cry for two or three hours or two or three weeks and act like we're victims. I'm not a victim. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And I've got his name. And I choose to walk in apostolic power. And when you walk in apostolic power, there is no devil that wants to get within 10 miles of you. I wish somebody would praise him right now. Would somebody praise him right now? I loved it a few minutes ago 
when your pastor got up here and started insisting that you be in the house of the Lord. Because in the Old Testament, you didn't miss a holy convocation. You didn't miss a Sabbath ceremony. You didn't miss a feast in Israel. You weren't late. You didn't come empty-handed. You didn't lay out. You didn't just get a call from the priest back then. You got a call from the mortician. I mean, back then, you're going to get in trouble with God for missing one of his ordered feasts. Yeah. Exactly. The Jews were so specific about God's appointed times for them. Their lunar cycles were 29 and a half days when you compare them to the solar cycle. 29 and a half days, you can't determine the hour, the minute when the new month began. And so at the end of the month, when the, mar- when the moon was dark, they sent two witnesses out to the temple. Those two witnesses had to stay there to, uh, for up to 48 hours to watch the changing of the cycle of the moon so that they could come down off the mount and that they could tell the Sanhedrin and the high priest that the new moon, the sliver, the new moon had just appeared and when they interviewed them separately and the priest felt like that their, their, uh, their stories lined up, he went out of the house of the Lord, out of the, the chamber there of the rulers and he announced the arrival of the new month because from that day they had to count 10 days for this feast and 15 days for this feast and you could not miss the day. You couldn't even miss it by an hour. It had to start at exactly the same hour. The Jews called that time from where the two witnesses went up to the temple mount to the changing over the new moon. Could be anywhere up to 48 hours. They call that the day and the hour that no man knoweth. That's where we are right now. I hear some rattling going on in heaven. I feel something shifting in the spirit world. I hear the moving of angelic hosts. I hear the voice of the Lord speaking directions to celestial beings uh, telling us that the birth pangs are getting closer and closer and closer. Jesus said when you see all these signs begin to come to pass, he said these are the beginning of sorrows. The word sorrow there means birth pangs. Uh, The church uh, is in a place right now where things are beginning to accelerate. This is not the time. For us to come to church with an arbitrary attitude. It's not the time for us to be out of sync with what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is not the hour to be haphazard about what we do for the kingdom. The flow that God needs for this church to be in is going to take you deciding that you're going to be deliberate about what God has mandated for you to do. You can't get lost in the crowd. You can't just hide out there among the stuff. 
You can't sit on the sidelines. You can't, you can't be dead weight to this church by your inactivity. I know we love to come to the house of God and say we're here. They ought to just be glad that we're here. They need my ties anyway. But oh, what is going to happen when the church wakes up out of its slumber? And we begin to realize exactly what God is trying to do in His church. I want to tell every single one of you here tonight, you have a purpose and you have a gift. And it's time we get deliberate about our gifts. It's time we get on the train. It's time we get involved. It's time that we give God our greatest passion. It's time that we say, I'm going somewhere in prayer that I've never gone before. It's time that we decide and make up in our minds that we're going to be more sensitive and more attuned to the moving uh, of the spirit than we've ever been before. It's time uh, that we decide, uh, God, we're on board with what you want to do. Would you lift your hands and would you glorify him right now? Come on, let's magnify him. Come on, let's praise him here for just a moment. Come on, the line's being drawn. I've got more to say. The line's being drawn right now. The Holy Ghost is trying to get some people to understand how important that you are to the forward momentum and motion of this church. He's trying to get you to understand how valuable that you are to the kingdom. He's trying to get you to understand that you cannot come like this is theater, like it's a show, like it's something that you sit back and eat popcorn. It's time. Listen to me. Listen to me. Everything they saw God do, if it didn't emanate from the temple, it happened because wherever they went, they took the Ark of the Covenant with them. Thousands and tens of thousands were slain at moments in Israel's history. Those are natural battles. If we could see what really happens in a truly apostolic prayer meeting, I think we would never pray the same again. If you saw 32,000 devils slain by heaven's sword just because you called a Friday night prayer meeting, you would never ever pray the same again. If you saw how terrified that hell is of your intercessory prayer and your stand for what's right and the word of prophecy that's in your mouth, 
you would never think of your relationship with God the same again. Everybody say timing. There is a timing to everything with God. Everything. God never does something a split second off time. He's always on time. Where we get frustrated is we think that we can change the timing of God. And you cannot change the timing of God. So I'm going to tell you why this revival is going to be greater than anything you've seen in years. It's because of the time it is. That's all right. Sorry. Israel quit keeping God's timing. They quit celebrating God's moments. They quit showing up for the ordered feast. They quit keeping some of the Sabbaths. They stopped doing things in God's time. And God said, because you will not operate in my timing, you're going to be exiled to Babylon for seven years. And 70 years, I'm going to weed out everything that doesn't understand my timing. Everything that doesn't want to do it my way. He is no respecter of persons. We think if we've got the Holy Ghost for 32 years, that God owes us something. That we've got it, we got it made in the shade. We're going to make heaven because we've served God for the last 32 years faithfully. It doesn't matter that we're butchering people. It doesn't matter that we're gossiping about people. It doesn't matter that we hadn't won a soul in years. It doesn't matter that we hadn't done anything in God's time. Uh, God owes us something because we've been serving Him for 32 years. But I'm here to tell you tonight that just like He did with Israel, if you don't get in the timing of God... And so he exiled them and he destroyed his own house. They came out after 70 years and they rebuilt that house. And it was never the same again. Matter of fact, I'm not sure that we even have evidence that the ark was put back in that second temple. But it didn't take long for them to go back to their old tricks of doing church their way. Now, I don't want you to mistake this as just some kind of thought or sermon that I came here to preach. I don't need to be here. But the Holy Ghost is trying to tell this church something right now. That you have got to do church God's way. You cannot let program and protocol and past experience get in the way of what God is doing right now what he's going to do next month what he's going to do next year I feel heaven's call in this place and God wants to know are you going to do this my way come on Antioch come on Antioch and so watch this 
It didn't take long. And we don't hear anything from God. Either he wasn't speaking for 400 years or they weren't listening. Because when you turn from the last page of Malachi to the first page of Matthew, 400 years has elapsed and they're still doing church and God hasn't been there in four centuries. I worry about us sometimes and what we've experienced and what we've seen that we can come to the house of the Lord thinking that we can predict what God is or isn't going to do. And I worry sometimes uh, if we get caught, more caught up in the emotion of the service uh, than we do in the flow of the service. Uh, if we come to the house of the Lord uh, and we feel all these wonderful emotions, uh, but we don't get in the flow and God can't do uh, what He wants to do, we're all going to be in trouble. If you believe that, say amen. So John the Baptist comes on the scene. Make straight the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. Every valley shall be filled up. And the crooked ways shall be made straight. God is about to set things back in order. And he's baptizing people out in the Jordan River. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees show up to his baptism. This is what he says to them. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You guys don't even know what time it is. What are you doing here? You showed up because what? You heard there was a guest speaker? What, why, why are you here? He said, bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. He told them, you guys have gone so far off course. If you want God to do anything for you, you better get to repenting. And it better be sincere repenting. Oh, I see your pharisaical robes. I see the outfits that you wear. I know that you have jurisdiction over what happens in the house of the Lord. But there's one that's coming after me who is mightier than I. And his fan is in his hand. He is about to purge his dressing floor. He is about to separate the wheat from the chapel. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is something that's about to happen in the kingdom John was preaching. And if you want to be a part of what's going to happen next, you better find a place to repent because those robes are not going to be able to save you when the one that is coming after me comes on the scene. I am, I'm telling you, something is getting ready to happen in this building and God is not going to put up with us playing church anymore. There's a separation. There's a distinction. And so John, John rebukes him. And he says, something's off here. I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight the way of the Lord. Three years passed, three and a half. Jesus comes into Jerusalem. They're getting palm branches. They're throwing them in the path. They're taking their garments. They're throwing him on the donkey that he was riding in on. 
saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, of all the people that were crying Hosanna and involved in the worship service, there were thousands upon thousands from Rome to Greece, down into Jerusalem, out to the perimeters of the land of Israel. They were there. They heard what was going on, but they didn't join the bandwagon. They didn't get on board with the praise and worship. They didn't recognize the timing. They were going about business as usual. They think they thought they had all the time in the world and they missed his first coming. And I'm going to tell you, there is a greater danger in this hour of the church not understanding the time of his second coming. It's going to require more of us than we gave to him 20 years ago. We're going to have to pray more than we did 25 years ago. We can't afford to come in here and go through the motions in our program and protocol like we did nine months ago. There is an awakening coming to God's church. And what happens in this place is going to determine what happens in this nation. Now, I don't want to get all in time on you right now, but I want, I want to just take just a moment. And I don't know why people don't want to know about the end time. There was a hundred prophecies about the first coming of Christ and they missed it. There's over a thousand prophecies about the second coming of Christ because he wanted us to know when he was coming. Because if we know He's coming, our priorities will change. Jobs aren't near as important when you find out He's coming sooner than you thought He was coming. Family issues are not near as important what she said about you or what He did to you five years ago is not near as important to you when you realize how soon that He is coming. And so Jesus rides into Jerusalem and he walks in to the house of the Lord. And the Bible said he just walked around. Jesus just walked in and looked around. He didn't say anything, didn't greet anybody, he didn't do anything, didn't try to teach a lesson, didn't tell a parable. He walked in and he looked around and he walked out. When he got to Bethany, he looked over and there was a fig tree. And he thought that he would have found fruit on the fig tree. But he found no fruit, only leaves. He cursed the fig tree. The fig tree is Israel. He didn't just pick a random fig tree. And curse it for any reason. It represented the nation of Israel. The fig tree is always Israel. Based on what he saw when he walked into the temple, he understood the condition of the nation. Now we don't have any evidence that they had even been sacrificing. 
that there was even any coals on the altar at any time of the year. We don't even know if there was water in the laver. We don't even know if the 12 unleavened cakes were on the table of showbread. We don't know when the last time that the golden candlestick had been lit. We didn't know. We don't know how many times they burned incense. What we do know is when he walked into the house of the Lord, there were people that were bartering and they were, they were selling things and they were merchandising and they were, they were trying to make money and all of this. And so when he cursed the fig tree, he turned around and he went right back to the house of the Lord and he walked in and kicked over the tables of the money changers. He braided himself a whip and he drove those that were selling doves out of the house of the Lord. And he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have made it a den of thieves he walks out and on the path from the house of the Lord back over to Bethany there was that fig tree and it was dried up from the roots and the Bible said that the disciples marveled and this is what he said have faith in God. What he was saying was, these people have lost their faith. Have faith in God. Because if you have faith in God, you can say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Have faith in God. How many times... Have we come to the house of the Lord, beat up, trampled over, life situations ravaging our home and ravaging our family, emptying our bank accounts in trouble and peril and storm and fussing and fighting and depression and sickness and infirmity and broken marriages and people dying all around us. Sorrow and depression. We come to the house of the Lord and we are beat up. But Jesus said, have faith in God. What he was saying is, that house is the place that people run to when their faith is under attack and they have nowhere to run. But I'm telling you to have faith in God. When you run into this place, have faith in God. You're going to run in here depressed. You're going to run in here fussing with people. You're going to run in here after a hard week or a hard month. But when you come into this place, you lay all of that aside and say, God, I have faith in you. I know you. I know your power. I know what you're capable of. This attack of the enemy is nothing for you. God, we're in a new season. I've got faith. This is a revival where my aunt and uncle's going to come in and my cousins are going to come in and the blind are going to see and the deaf are going to walk. They hear and the lame are going to walk. Have faith in God. The Bible said on the second time that Jesus went to the house of the Lord, that the Pharisees and the scribes were there conspiring as to what they might do with him. So when he came back the third time, in the same chapter, they were waiting on him. This is what they said. By what authority do you do these things? There was no miracle done in Mark chapter 11. 
They weren't talking about miracles. They were talking about what he had just done in the temple. What gives you the right to come in here and tell us how to run church? Who do you think you are coming in? This is 2015, Jesus. You got to realize we work a lot. We go to school a lot. We drive a long way to church. Who do you think you are to tell us how to have church? He said, well, let me ask you a question. The ministry of John, was it of God or was it of man? And they wouldn't answer him. They said, if we say it's of God, then he'll say, well, why don't you follow him? And if we say it's of man... Then he'll have another answer. But if they'd have known the ministry of John, they'd have known the ministry of Jesus because John pointed the way to Jesus. And he said, there's one that's coming after me whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now I'm going to tell you where our frustration comes from. Not just as apostolics, I think it comes to anybody that's trying to build a church, whether it's a false church or a true church. Our frustration comes with the fruit. Where's the fruit? Let's be honest here for just, can we be honest together? How many times have we ever done an outreach? We put everything into it. Man, we spent thousands of dollars on it. We advertised it. We did all of this stuff. Reaching out to people. And we just didn't get the fruit that we thought we was going to get. And the fruit that we did get didn't stick around. We have any farmers out there? Anybody ever planted tomato plants? I getting you excited there? Anybody ever planted tomato plants? Have you ever planted tomato plants and went out to the tomato plant and said, now Mr. Tomato Plant or Mrs.? I don't know which. Kind of like our generation, they don't know which one they're going to be. I'm sorry, I should have left that alone. I, I'm in Maryland. You don't owe me nothing for that. You ever gone out and said, Mr. Tomato Plant, now you listen to me. You are going to give me 24 tomatoes. Now, if you've done that, we have medication for that. But we don't do that. Because we know it's foolish. But somehow we think we can tell God how much fruit we're supposed to have. God, I should have had that job by now. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God, I should have had that position by now. I should have had that promotion by now. We should have had that baby by now. God, you should have fixed this before now. I'm tired of praying about it. You should have already done this. I'm sorry. 
I, I know y'all don't have those problems there, but y'all might one day. So let me break it down for you. You are going to give me 24 tomatoes. You are going to fix this for me. You are going to bring the fruit that I demand that you bring to the tree. You can't demand the fruit from the tree, but you can decide what happens in the house of the Lord. And what happens in the house of the Lord has everything to do with the fruit on the tree. Can I talk here for a little bit here tonight? This is going to sound like fussing. Touch your neighbor and say he's not fussing. But it's going to sound like it. We complain about having to drive all the way across town 45 minutes to come to prayer meeting. But you let God miss one answer prayer for us. And we're going to be ticked off and tell God why. Why haven't you put this fruit on the tree yet? We don't want to show up on Thursday night because we worked long hours this week. But you let God let us down one time and we're going to hold him to it. I got news for you. You don't focus on the tree. You focus on the temple. As the temple goes, so goes the tree. We don't get to tell God what kind of revival we want to have. And we don't get to tell him when he's supposed to give it to us. God has an appointed time. Heaven has a time clock. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Now I don't have to get into that all people here, but I would some places. Now, we do all the stuff that I'm fixing to say, okay? And I don't know what y'all do around here, so I'm not, I'm not saying none of this is necessary. It's necessary. But this house is not a house of fellowship. It's not a house of performance. It's not a house of theatrics. It's not a house of I've come to just sit here and just do my thing and I didn't get to sing on the, on the praise team tonight. And I'm ticked off because they took that class away from me. And I'm so sick of this. This is not a house of gossip. It's not a house of complaining. It's not a house of grumbling. It's not a house of unemployment. It's not a house where we come in and try to tell God, tell the pulpit how we want things to go. It's a house of prayer. Because if you can get prayer, my God, have mercy. Because if you can get if you you'll feel that right there. Do y'all feel that right there that just walked in the building? Because if you can get real, red hot, apostolic prayer going on, when you walk out of the, when you walk out of the house of the Lord, the next time you look at the tree, the fruit is going to be there. You don't have to worry about God ever cursing. You, if you'll take care of the temple.
Sit down. Let me talk to you a minute. What? No, you're not. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. What gives you the right to tell me I got to get rid of this and stop wearing that, stop doing this and stop snipping that, stop acting like that, stop treating them that way? Who do you think you are? By what authority do you do these things? Oh, well, since you ask. I'll tell you by what authority. I am the Logos. And what I say goes. And when I speak it, it happens. And if you want it to happen in your life, you got to do this my way. you got to get off of your agenda and off of your time clock and get on God's agenda and on His time clock. As the temple goes. So goes the tree. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight shall be in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bringeth forth his fruit in His season and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. God have mercy. Is this all right? Can we mute this for a minute on the live stream? Can we mute this for a minute on the live stream? Come on, let's pray for just a moment. Let's pray for just a moment. Thank 
Panama mama yo tore be ke amaya na mahaye ke aha ile me amoyende ke amoye ke amoye te ke amaha iko bohor mandele be ke amoya talamaha o shatalamaha Ele be amo yondo bohor masatala mahaya akatala mohor mahaya would you stand with me would you stand with me if you can only you can decide tonight whether you received what the lord was saying There's a lot of voices that come to this pulpit. And if God's in it, they'll all say the same thing. But listen, I'm, I'm done. I'm closing. There's a lot of pressure. I know. I've been there. There's a lot of pressure today for churches to produce certain results. Because we don't want anybody to think that something's wrong with us. So we get out there and we're shaking the tree. We're trying to trim this and implement this. And I'm, I'm all for organization. We organize to the hilt, but not at the expense of stifling the, the flow of the Spirit. This is an hour... When people are spending more time on the tree than they are in the temple. And you're going to have to quit worrying about the tree. When you plant a tree in the ground and you water it and it gets sunshine, when the season comes, that tree will bear fruit. But because when Israel was not doing what they're supposed to do. Their crops were cursed. Their orchards were cursed. So the Holy Ghost sent me to say something very simple in this place tonight. If you will focus all of your attention on what happens in the temple. This atmosphere that's here, the authority that is here, there's a new authority that's going to be established in this place. The fear of the Lord is going to be established in this place. And if you'll focus on getting this right, how many of you, how many of you know what I'm talking about here tonight? Just let me know you're here. If you'll focus on being Antioch, the apostolic church, plan a church when God says, do an outreach when God says, organize to the hill, but don't ever sacrifice the intensity of the apostolic dimension of God that is in this place. And if you'll do that, God is about to do something with the tree. And you're going to look around and say, where in the world are they all coming from? They're coming out of nowhere. i tell you where they came from. They came from the altar. Oh, I feel it right. Y'all feel that right there? They came from the altar. I'm done. They came from the altar. There's a line in this altar right now. 
And I want to know who wants to get on the right side of this line and say, God, right now I'm making a choice. I'm getting back to the way I used to pray. I'm getting back to the way uh, that I used to flow. I'm going to quit getting frustrated uh, with the fruit that I don't have and quit enjoying only the fruit that I, that I do have in the name of Jesus. Come on, Antioch. Come on, Antioch. That's it. That's it. Come on now. That's it. Come on now. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Where are the intercessors? Where are the prayer warriors? Where are the people that know how to get in the flow? Come on. Let's get the temple right. Let's get the temple right. Let's get the temple right. Let's get rid of hypocrisy. Let's get rid of ritualism. Let's get let's get rid of our religious attitude. Let's get in the flow. 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 Come on, let's hit Antioch. This is a new time. It's a new time. It's a new era. It's a new new age. It's a new season. Move with it. Go with it. We got to get rid of the unbelief in this house. We got to get rid of the doubt in this house. We got to get rid of the inactivity in this house. I choose. I choose. I choose. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Put a hand on somebody by you. Connect with somebody. Take the hand to somebody. Get you a prayer partner right now. That's it. Come on. Join together. Join together. Link together. Antioch. Antioch's headed up. Antioch is headed forward. Antioch is moving on. Oh, we can go somewhere in the Holy Ghost right now. We can break change in this place right now. 
We can move. We can move in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Let the Holy Ghost take over right now. Let the Holy Ghost take over right now. He shot our Moshe Haye. He never I choose, Lord. I choose, Lord. I choose. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Somebody needs to go into it. Somebody needs to dive into it, dig into it. In the name of Jesus. Hunger's being tested tonight. Our hunger's being measured tonight. Our hunger's being measured tonight. 
What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? I want you, Lord. If you feel led, would you turn and minister to somebody? If you feel led, would you go in deep in the spirit with somebody? You've been sitting on the sidelines. It's time to get up. Be about your father's business. Come on, I want you to pray with your heart. Pray with your heart. Let it go from your head to your heart. Pray with your heart right now. Something's about to be released in here right now. There's another wave of the Holy Ghost moving in here right now. Yes. Yes. Yes.
going to have to decide whether you're going to let this be just another night or whether you're going to let God take you over into a new dimension of power into a new dimension of authority you're going to have to let Jesus have authority in this place it's his house he can do what he wants to do God, inhabit this place, fill this place, move in this place.
you walk out of this place tonight, you need to make up in your mind, I'm not going to be the same. I'm not going to be the same. I'm valuable to the kingdom. I'm fixing to wreck the devil's kingdom. Hallelujah.
Those of you that are still praying, just continue to pray. I want us to do one more thing. I know, I know how people think about services like this. Well, the preacher, the man of God, he's just trying to make it look like, man, it's got to happen now. This is tonight. It's pivotal. You don't do what's right tonight. You're going to. And that's the way we rationalize it in our mind. You don't, you don't need to rationalize this. This is what the Holy Ghost sent me here to say. Here's what I want you to do. Even you folks, even you beautiful folks that are talking in the back, I love you. Just listen for just a moment. If you feel like, or you know, you know, you've got gifts to offer the kingdom, and you just want to subject and submit those gifts back to God, Maybe you haven't done that in a while. Maybe you've never done that. God, you've, you've put all these things in me. I lay them on the altar tonight. I'm asking you to use them your way and your time. I'm asking you to anoint them to do this. There's only one spirit of ministry in this church. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what man is in the pulpit. There's only one spirit of ministry. You may see a little move, a lot of moving around in leadership. But the spirit of ministry is always the same. Antioch, the apostolic church, only stands for one thing. If you're fully engaged, if you haven't been, you can make that decision tonight. But if you're fully engaged in that spirit of ministry, you're willing to put those gifts that God has empowered you with on the altar, I want you to come one more time. We're not going to take all night. This more is an act of obedience, an act of faith to come forward and just follow simple instructions. If you're tired, I understand. I want everybody that I want you to pack in this altar just as tight as you can get. That's it. If you're still praying, you can pray because that's all we're fixing to do right here is just play one final prayer. And you, you decide where it goes from here. If it goes for 30 seconds, that's up to you. If it goes for 30 minutes, that's up to you. If it goes for three and a half minutes, that's up to you. It makes no difference to me, but God wants this commitment. I want you to get in as tight as you can. Come on, fill these areas around. I want everybody inside the front row. I want everybody across this line. Everybody in the altar, everybody in the altar, everybody in the altar. I'm sorry to make those of you that have an injury to move. If I'd have known that, I'd just let you stay there. I want you to join hands with your neighbor. We're going to pray just one final prayer. I want you to put your stuff on the altar and say, God, I'm subject to you. I'm submitted to you. I'm submitted to the spirit of ministry in this church. I'm on board with this. We're going somewhere. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now. Let something be released on this congregation right now. Let something move on this congregation right now. I pray in Jesus' name, God, that...
a fresh anointing, fresh purpose, new dimension of faith right now would be released on Antioch, the apostolic church. Anoint the leaders, anoint the flock in the name of Jesus right now. Come on, that's it. Heaven is taking note of this right here. Heaven is taking note of this right here. In the name of Jesus, let it be declared, God. So let it be said. Let it be documented and recorded in heaven above. In the name of Jesus, oh God, let this be a house of prayer. Oh, I feel so much of the power of God right now. So much authority in this place. Let this place be set in order. Come on, every leader, every man, every woman, every young person, every child. This is God's house. This is God's people. We're His flock. We're His instruments.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Ilabo Sanda Rama Kohoshata la Bahai. Ilabo Sanda Riolobo Hoseki Atalabaha. Ilolobo She Yamando Robo Satalabaha. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you for your word. Thank you for the operation and the working of your spirit, Lord. Thank you for your purpose. Thank you for your timing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Not as a habit and not as a ritual, but because we need to, because He deserves it. Could we lift our hands to the Lord and once again give Him thanks. Thanks for His Word. Thanks for the work and the moving of His Spirit. Thanks for what He's doing. Thanks for what He's accomplishing. Oh, Jesus, we say thank You tonight. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank You, Lord. We thank You for what You're doing. We thank You for the working and the moving of Your Spirit that You have allowed us to be a part of, to be conduits in which you can work through, Lord. Thank you for orchestrating your work in our lives individually and collectively as a body. We thank you tonight, Father, for Rama. We thank you for Rama. We thank you for Rama, Lord. Fresh, living, direct, clear word from you, God. We give you thanks, Lord. We give you thanks, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're not going to dismiss. 
Just going to put the mic down and you do what you want to do when you want to do it. Let's take what God is doing with us and allow it to continue in us and through us. In Jesus' name.